The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today's show is called Why You Need to Make a Big Deal Out of New Year's Eve, (laughs) and New Year's Day for that matter. Um, And this was stimulated, the idea for this came from my having heard a few days ago some alarming statistics, and there, is, there have been a number of polls about this, and the statistics are a little, you know, some of them are a little different than others, but the gist of it is the same, and that is that um, only 73% of people plan to celebrate in some way New Year's Eve. 73%. And that includes 52% who plan to celebrate it at home. Wahoo! <laughs> and 20, so that means that only 21% of people are going out on New Year's Eve. Now, I'm all for being safe, and you know, yes, there are a lot of drunk drivers on the road, and so I don't think you should travel more than 100 miles, or maybe even more than 50 miles, or the closer to home you can, you can find some place to celebrate. Great, but. Um, that is is really sad. I mean, what that means is that 27% of people are doing nothing, are pretending that New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are like any other old day. And, and, and what that means is that there are a hell of a lot of people out there. Excuse me. <laughs> a hell of a lot of people out there who are depressed. Because um, if you can't, I mean, what that means is you're kind of like, um, you know, pretending you're hiding from life. You're pretending that there's nothing special about tonight or tomorrow or, for that matter, you know, maybe Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever other holidays there are or your birthday or your, somebody in your family, their birthday. I mean, that is really, really a very sad commentary. And similarly, um, a poll showed that 68% of Americans don't make New Year's resolutions. 68% don't make New Year's resolutions. Whether they go out or not, that's a separate poll. They don't make New Year's resolutions. And that is up 10% from two years ago. Now, the, the um, portion of our population that um, makes the most, that will be most likely to make resolutions um, are those who are less than 30 years old, and there are 46% of them who make New Year's resolutions. And then um, 30% of the people who make resolutions altogether, um, or make resolutions, but only half of these people keep them. And people who are over 65 are the least likely to make resolutions, New Year's resolutions. I mean, 
I think they've given up. <laughs> they know that they're not going to go to the gym and lose that 20 pounds or 10 pounds or 100 pounds um, like they've been resolving year after year. I mean, this whole, all these statistics put together, I just find incredibly depressing. depressing. Not surprising because, um, you know, with the, with the recession and the ongoing threat of terrorism that I'm always talking about as, be, as, as affecting our psyche, all of us, 9-11 has not left. Um, it's not surprising, but we have to do something about it. So my guest today will explain to you exactly why that is, if you're not convinced, <laughs> um, why rituals like New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and all other kinds of rituals are super important. And her name is Barbara Bizu, and she is um, a woman who, starting with her own experience, went on a worldwide quest studying with some of the most important spiritual leaders and wise people all over the globe, and then using it in her own teachings. And she is the author of The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. So, Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carol. This is a subject, as you could tell, that really connects to my heart. So I'm as passionate as you are about this. Have you heard, did you hear those statistics? I've heard those statistics, and I also heard that 40% of the people who are going to stay home tonight will not stay up past midnight either. They won't <laughs> even watch the ball drop. <laughs> and of all the people making resolutions, I think it's only about 8% who actually make resolutions that stick more than 30 days. Uh-huh, yes. Well, you know, we can talk a little bit about, well, we'll talk about that, about and you have a solution for that too, making intentions, making resolutions that will stick and so on. Um, but, you know, it, it I mean, I, so I presume that you got alarmed as well that, uh, that so few people recognize how important this is. Yeah, I mean, it always amazes me until people start... You know, when I talk to them and I start to talk to them about what rituals are and they start to realize the importance of the rituals they're already doing because they don't name them a lot of times as rituals, so they don't give them the kind of importance that really, you know, goes in on a deep level into the brain. I mean, I remember once talking to a group of Wall Streeters and they're going, oh, we don't have rituals. And I said, yeah, well, what happens if you don't read your Wall Street Journal and have your coffee in the morning? And they're like, oh, no, my day is ruined, you know. Mm -hmm. That was a grounder for them, and they didn't even realize it. So the more you could bring consciousness to the things that you're doing that are already working, the better that is. But, yes, the whole thing is very alarming to me that people are just blowing it off, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm from, born and raised in New York, so of course for me the idea, and I know you're in New York now, the idea of, I mean, the ball going down and all of that, you couldn't not, you couldn't spend a New Year's Eve with at least including that, if not going down Absolutely. there yourself. Um, and, and so for it to just turn out into a big nothing, I mean, it's, well, let's, let's talk, before we get into, you know, why rituals are important, your story is really amazing about how you came to that realization. So let's start with that. Well, my story goes back a long way, and basically, to make a long, long story short, what happened to me was when I was six weeks pregnant, my sister died of a brain tumor. Oh, dear. And it just totally blew me out of the water. I was in my 20s. I didn't have a lot of resource. 
and all of the, quote, elders around me were advising me not to grieve because they said I could harm my baby. And, you know, I didn't know any better, so I just stuffed everything down and tried to live my life as best I could and really started searching for a lot of spiritual answers because I wasn't getting them. And what started to happen for me is I found teachers and Brew Joy, who was one of my biggest spiritual teachers, who was an actual doctor, a MD, who was leading mind-body healing retreats in Arizona, um, I wound up going to one of his retreats. And in the retreat, we had three days of fasting and silence. And for a New Yorker, the silence was worse than the fasting. You know, I couldn't talk for three days. So what it forced you to do, like anyone who's ever done it, it makes you go in. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff I had stuffed down, and I know you as a, you know, a psychiatrist understand that, all came bubbling up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it. It was all this grief around my sister. And it, I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't know what to do. So I just really tuned in. And what I got was I needed to do some kind of ritual, but I didn't know what to do. So I decided to climb up to the top of a mountain and just see what happened. And I walked around. And I, it was almost like a magnet was pulling me, and I was just drawn to this giant tree. And I found myself literally on my knees, crying, rocking back and forth, digging a hole in the ground, and just weeping, and talking to my sister, and praying. And it's almost like I poured all my grief into the earth. Mm. And when I was finished, and I didn't have a watch, so I have no idea how long it was, I was... I closed, you know, put some sage on it. I said a prayer, and I stood up, and I felt totally different. Mm. I didn't know what had happened, but I knew something had really happened because that horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach was gone. And I was so used to it, I didn't even realize it until it left. And I started walking back to where I was staying, and it started to pour. And I really felt like I was being purified. Mm. And... And I wrote in my journal, and I, you know, did a lot of stuff. And days later, when I could talk, I started sharing with people, and I discovered that what I had actually done was a Native American grief ritual. They believe if you give your grief to a grandmother tree, the earth takes it for you. And the rocking that I was doing, a dancer came up to me, and she said, you know, that comes from ancient Mesopotamia. It's a movement that removes grief from your bodies that women used to do in ancient rituals. Remember, I didn't know any of this. I was just, you know, following my intuition. Wow. And when I taught in Bali years later, and it rained after we did a big ceremony, they said, oh, that means the gods have heard you because it's raining. So it's like I pulled in all of these traditions from the world, and what I started to see was what an enormous effect it had on me, and I was like, you know, obsessed. I just wanted to know anything I could, so I read every book. I traveled as much as I could. I tried to study with anyone I could find, um, indigenous teachers and interviewed people, and I just started to amass, you know, all this information. What I started to see is for most people around the world, it's a map for them on how to live your life. These rituals took you through rites of passage. It's like Joseph Campbell talked about in all his, you know, lectures and books. It was a way of helping. It was a container that would move you from one state of conscious to another with the support of the community. Mm. And I felt that was so missing here. 
uh, in New York, I started every month to do a ritual just to see. You know, I do it for bringing in love. I do it for fun things. I do it for women who had lost children and miscarriage or abortion. I mean, I went the gamut. And out of that came my books and my teaching. And, you know, it sort of never ended. Wow. Um... It was very, very profound for me. And I, as I share it over the years since then, you know, I've seen the changes that happen from very minor little things that you can do to the big things, you know. So a ritual can take three minutes or it could take three days or three weeks, you know, depending on what we're talking about. So it's not the time. It's part of it is the intention. Mm-hmm. Well, so... Um... So that you know, as 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 exemplified by the situation with the percentage of people celebrating New Year's Eve, I mean, I guess in a way that's what's missing from our culture in general. Absolutely, I mean, it's a way of marking the seasons. It's a way of marking passages in your life. I mean, at this point, I call it a spiritual technology because mm-hmm. I realize that the ancient shamans and priests all over the world understood what it did to your brain. I mean, it really, with the new neuroscience now, you could see how this affects your brain and builds new neurotransmitters and, you know, all kinds of stuff. However, on a just a basic practical level, they're symbolic acts. It gives you tools to move to the next level, to open to an expanded vision. And one of my favorite New Year's rituals in Bali... Wait, 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 wait. Barbara, let me stop you there because we need to take a break and we'll we'll leave this on a cliffhanger (laughs) for one of your favorite New Year's rituals. My guest is Barbara Bizu. Um, Her book is The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. We'll be talking more about this when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today on New Year's Eve. 
And the show is why you need to make a big deal out of New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and resolutions. My guest is Barbara Bizu. She is the author of The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. And we um, were talking in the first segment about how she uh, authentically arrived at this. You know, it's not like she sat down one day and thought, hmm, what could I write about? <laughs> this is something that really came um, natural and, and led her on a path of self-discovery that she's now uh, sharing with the world. And, and yes, I think our country is very much bereft compared to so many other countries of, of the kinds of rituals. Um, before the break, you were starting to say one of your favorite New Year's Eve rituals is? Well, I have many, but I'll share some of them. Uh-huh. So in Bali, what I love what they do on New Year's Eve is they take all the statues out of the temples. It's a real cleansing, which you'll find all around the world. There's a lot of release rituals that happen tonight to clear out space for the new, and they take everything down to the river, they wash everything, and then they have fireworks and all kinds of celebrations, and then the next day the entire island goes into silence and prayer and meditation. The entire island. I mean, nothing is open except... I think the hospital and possibly the airport, but nothing is open. People are discouraged from being on the street. They're encouraged to be inside and really just sitting in tension, praying, meditating, and being in a different place so that they know when that first day starts, they're, they're really in another place. Hmm. And on a funny note, in Italy, they literally throw things out the windows. I mean, and there's some places down south in Italy that you don't even park your car in the city because you know that a couch could come flying out of, you know, the fourth floor (laughs) and smash your car. So you literally look at, I mean, I do it every year. Yesterday I gave away four trash bags full of clothes and stuff. Hmm. I donated them. Hmm. It's about... Clearing out physically, spiritually, psychologically. It's a good thing to do right now between now and the New Year's Eve. You know, what was the year about? What do you want to let go of? Clear it out. Make space for something new to come in. It's really important. Hmm. And that may include people who are living in your house. <laughs> Absolutely. It may. <laughs> so what, so, um, well, what, that's a great, you know, thing to, um, I mean, it's a relatively simple thing that everybody, I'm sure everybody listening can think of, can find something or things, lots of things probably, in your house that right. um, you've thought of getting rid of that some needy person could really use, and this would leave space for new things to come. You know, there's, I'm sure you know the thing about, um, I guess it's a ritual, um, you know, like, for example, cleaning out drawers. Um, work files and so on. Right, um, absolutely. So that you get more work coming in. And you can even clear out negative thoughts by writing them down on a piece of paper. Or, well, my favorite one is I get a big plate, you know, one of those cheap plates that you could buy in, you know, a real discount store. I write down anything that I think is like limiting thoughts or feelings or beliefs. I put it in a big trash can, I mean bag, and I take a hammer and I smash it. Oh, that it's something like very, fun. yeah, it's, I love the physicality of it, and then I throw it away, and it just, you could feel it. You could just feel that you let go of stuff. It's really important. In New York, by the way, they had a shredder, and people could write down whatever they wanted to get rid of, and then they were shredding it in Times Square. Hmm. And then people are placing um, wishes also on paper, and they're going to be part of the confetti that when the ball drops tonight, Uh people's wishes are going to float all over Times Square. 
Oh, wow. That was which a very is, clever. Yeah, yeah, which is very clever. I love the idea. Um, even, you know, on a Christmas tree, we did it this year. I had people make um, wishes, you know, on balls for the treats, and they had a wishing tree of things that they wanted to bring in. You know, kids love to do it, too, by the way. It's not just adults. Mm-hmm. This is great for your children to do. So what are some of the other um, rituals that you found going around the world? Okay. Well, I mean, you have a lot of rituals around food for New Year's. So a lot of people um, have 12 as a symbol for the 12 months. So um, in, in Greece and, and actually a lot of South America even, you eat 12 grapes. You're supposed to do it 12 seconds before the New Year, which is kind of challenging because you can <laughs> choke. But um, I know people in Italy who actually practice, but you could do 12 minutes. Um, you can also, like down south, they do black eyed peas for good luck. You know, they have different foods. One of my things that I love to do is right after midnight, could be one minute after midnight. So even if you're staying home, okay, this is a way of celebrating. What you do is exactly when, you know, the ball drops, it's 12 o'clock, you go outside your house or your apartment, wherever you live, take a bowl of money with you. It could be pennies, quarters, dimes, you know, it could be paper money, whatever you want. And take a few moments to really set intention for the year. Bless it. Bless it for good health, for great sex, for a good relationship, for a new car, a new job, you know, whatever you want. And then what you do is you throw the money in the door. Then you walk in. You wait, wait. Throw there. it inside? Yeah, so you're outside now. You're either yeah. outside your apartment or right. outside your house. You have this money. You bless it and you open the door and throw the money in. Then you walk into your house for the first time of the new year mm. with all this money there. You keep it through the whole day of January 1st, and January 2nd, you just gather it up and give it away to charity. Huh. So, so it's also affirming that you already are abundant, and now you're willing to share it. Mm. So it's mm. on many, many different levels, and you know what I've really discovered is symbols are much more powerful than words that it's almost like symbols are the language of the soul, and we relate, which is why, you know, you relate to pictures, you relate to images so strongly. So just walking around for that one day, seeing all this money, is giving your, you know, unconscious a message that you're abundant. Mm. Yes, that makes sense. You know, it's like, it's the whole basis of feng shui. Whatever you focus on, you bring into your life. So if you're focusing on broken things and dirty things, you know, you can bring that energy in versus a flow. You bring that in. Yeah. So that's truly my, one of, that's my all-time favorite ritual and wearing red for love. Hmm. Supposedly you're supposed to wear red new underwear to bring in love or enhance your love. And if you don't have new, then wear something red, even a red ribbon. So wait, you're supposed to wear, are those two separate things or you wear a new red underwear? If you can, the first choice is to wear new red underwear. <laughs> so those of you in California, you still have time to run out. Even New York, you have time. Go buy a pair of red underwear, and on New Year's Day, wear red underwear. Huh. And if you can't get to it, you know, if you either don't have the money or you can't get there, then wear something red, preferably mm-hmm. underwear. And if you can't do that, you know, a red ribbon or something, because red brings in good luck and love. Yes, yes. You know, I was just reading something um, about how, in terms of your New Year's Eve meal, 
um, or a New Year's Day, this would probably go for as well, that you sh- shouldn't have lobster or chicken. Did you, because both of these um, animals um, can go backwards. And so they can bring you, they can, they can bring a reversal of fortune. Well, you know, there's a lot of, quote, superstition around them. For example, in China, on Chinese New Year, you're not supposed to cut your hair on the New, day, New Year because it means that you're cutting off your luck, you know, or you're not supposed to have a, a broom around because you could be sweeping out the luck, things like that. They put all the brooms out of sight for the first day. Hmm. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, symbolic things about that. The other opposite is to bring in, you know, have things like grains because that represents abundance. So to have foods that um, have grain in it, even if you're gluten-free, have rice, you know, something. Uh-huh. And to have tan- things like tangerines are supposed to be really good luck. Foods like that is really good. And there are some places also on New Year's Day that you do divination. For example, in Germany, you used to pour molten lead into cold water to divination, you know, just like reading tea leaves or something like that. Hmm. Um, And in England or Scotland, the food is really whiskey or cake representing good luck. Um, You know, so it's pretty similar around the world as far as things like that. You know, when I was a little girl, I used to, like, too little to go out on a date for New Year's Eve. I used to um, uh, put my animals, my my teddy bears and my dogs and all all these different, I mean, stuffed animals I'm talking about. Right. um, In, around the television set and, um, and put party hats on them. And we had... I used to do the... (laughs) Did you? I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> and then we would all watch the ball go down and have ice cream and cake or whatever, you know, a nice meal and all that, you know. Um, so, I mean, and it's been so interesting because, because it just shows how all of this stuff, I mean, not that this is a surprise, but, but just a reminder to everyone um, that this stuff really begins at, at, you know, these really young ages. Um, you don't have to be taking a uh, um, a private jet plane and going to Paris for New Year's right. Eve. Um, right. You know, whatever your family, um, you know, and, and it's different things at different stages of your life and different stages of your family's life and all of that. But the point is to um, to celebrate it in some way and that it lasts. You know, I'm sure it that lasts. Uh, yeah. that encouragement of little children being encouraged to celebrate. And like, I love what you were saying about the wishes and so on. I mean, you can make your own confetti. You don't have to go down to Times Square if, if that's not possible. You can make your own confetti fountain uh, and shower of, of wishes and so on. Everyone can do that at home. Um, but there's just, just to do something or some of these ways um, that Barbara's been talking about. You know, just, just to... Isn't the point... I mean, like what you were saying, too, the point is to make some distinction between the old and the new because, because um, you want to, there are so many things that we all want to or should want to change for the new year. Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's <laughs> We'll the talk about the should after, but yes, I mean, it's very important. Otherwise, you're a run-on sentence. You know, there's never a period yes. at the end of any sentence. Yes. The energy yes. is like a, you're cooking with a bowl that has holes in it. Yes, You know, absolutely. you're not containing it. Yes. 
Well, all right. We do need to take another break. My guest is Barbara Bizu. Um, we're talking about rituals, why it's important to celebrate the new year. Um, it's certainly not too late, you know, whether you're wherever you are. I mean, unless you're listening from a time zone where it is. But it's, if, even if New Year's Eve has passed, it's still New Year's Day. So it's not too late to celebrate this with some kind of ritual. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Barbara Bizu. Her books are The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. Um, we're talking about the rituals. Uh, we're talking particularly about the rituals in relation to New Year's Eve because the show is why you need to make a big deal of New Year's Eve, um, brought out by the fact that so many of you, and I know some of you because of the percentages, it must be some of you who are listening, who are planning to just kind of, oh, well, what's on television tonight, and then go to bed before, before well, in L.A., it's, in L.A., people only have to stay up till 9, <laughs> you know, to see the ball go down in New York. But, but still, I mean, you know, that, that's not... It's nice to celebrate your own t- t- midnight wherever you are in the world, not just to, not just to think, think okay, I saw it, <laughs> I can go to sleep now, it's 9.05 in L.A. <laughs> I mean, seriously, um, it's time to really, you know, wash yourself in a sense, to, to, to clean out, out with the old, in with the new, out with the old things, things that haven't been working for you this year, whether it's your love life or your um, work life, or uh, relationships of all different kinds, um, procrastination, hoarding. I mean, whatever it is, we all have habits that we would be better off getting rid of, and we keep going from day to day and saying, oh, well, I'll take care of this tomorrow. So New Year's Eve is like the perfect time to turn over a new leaf and, and, and sit down and make, I make resolutions every year, I know. Do I keep all of them every year? Absolutely not. But I keep some of them at least. 
um, and some to a greater extent than others. And as long as you're making progress, um, that's what counts. But you know, to, to mark that change, to say uh, the end of that, the end. This has not been serving me. Um, I need to move on to something else. Whatever it is, giving more charity, volunteering, um, being kinder to people. <laughs> that's um, you know, not being obnoxious. <laughs> that's one of mine. <laughs> not being such a bitch. <laughs> um, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's just a matter of either every year making something, some change or changes that, um, that move you to a better place. Absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the things, too, you know, when people are making resolutions, um, I think the reason why so many people are starting to give up, like you said, the older they get, the more they're giving up, is because their resolutions were so big and mm. so um, unrealistic in one way that it was very challenging for them to keep it up. I mean, I know you know this, but it mm-hmm. takes at least 30 days to change a habit, minimum. You know, it could take more than that. So unless you're doing things that have small, consistent, structured action, the chances are you're probably not going to succeed. And then you think, oh, why should I even bother? And you start to give up. Right. And, you know, that's one of the keys, which is, you know, as I said to you before, I really love supporting people. I know you do, too. And, you know, I'm doing something this year called an intention intensive. Tell where us I'm about sending that. People, well, I find that it really helps to have support. So I'm sending out a free audio every day for the first 12 days of the year. Now, on a spiritual level, the first 12 days of the year represent the entire year. Hmm. So January 1st represents the entire month of January. Um, January 2nd represents the month of February, and so on and so on. So if you have focused, clear intention for those 12 days, you're jump-starting. You're starting to um, have your brain, you know, pump out those good chemicals like the serotonin and oxytocin, which are the happy chemicals, and you start to get addicted to feeling good because you're doing something that's positive and moving you in a different direction. Well, and it's much easier to continue. Well, I mean, it's not you, the answer, but it's a real good jump starter. Well, could you give an example? Because do you mean um, to make an intention each day that you then do that day? Or do you say, like, in February, I'm going to do this? Well, what, I, what I'm doing in my, first of all, when you make your intentions for the year, the one thing that I really want to encourage everybody is that, you know, just because you threw out the old doesn't mean the new is in yet. Sometimes there's a period where, you know, you're cleaning stuff out. It's like you're going to paint your apartment or your house. You get rid of stuff, but you're not exactly sure what the new is going to be yet. And you don't want to make that choice from the old energy. You want to allow a new energy to start coming in. And from that place, you want to make new choices. So what I'm doing is just making very specific choices each day. So tomorrow, for example, on January 1st, you know, just to bring in some clarity and focus, which will be for the month of January, but also for the entire year. So it works on two levels, for the month, and like the second one is going to be about love, because February tends to be a month with Valentine's Day in love. So what about your relationships? That would be the focus. You don't have to focus on what you want that month 
particularly. However, it's always good to add something. For me, March is a new beginning. It's spring. It's the spring equinox, you know, things like that. And as you set that structured intention, you open up the doorway for a million other things to come in that may be way better than you even knew about or thought about. So just for an an example, on January 1st, Mm-hmm. You'd be intending to have clarity that day, like like I, I would make that emotion my focus. So I'm good tomorrow. My intention would be to have clarity, to be aware of you know signs the universe sends me, to just open my intuition, to just be clear. That would be my intention for the day. I see. You know, you don't have to make it a huge intention. Make it something you know. For that day, that's what I'm going to focus on. Um, on January 2nd, I might focus on how I can make my relationships better, how I can look at my relationship, how I can bring in more love into my own life, how I could be more loving and compassionate to other people, things like that. I see. Okay, so it's, it's sort of the intention for the day, but, but because of the symbolism, it also goes to the year and particularly to yes. that. Yes, exactly. It's like throwing a pebble in a pond. It starts one way and then it spreads out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, everybody can do that. And and before, in the last segment of the show, we will give people your website so that they can uh, get your free audio uh, guides to this to make it even easier. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I want to just, you know encourage people because I've seen it happen. I, I do some consulting for a gym in New York, pretty big one, and I see everybody signs up in January. They're all going to work out. They're all going to lose 20 pounds. They're all going to, you know, do 100 crunches every day, and those people really last, but the people who say they're going to come three times a week and they're going to start with 10 sit-ups and work their way up to 50, they're probably still there in November and December, mm-hmm. you know, so it's how you're making these resolutions, and also to make a resolution to exercise is better than saying, I'm going to exercise. It would be better to say, I'm going to the gym three times. You know, be specific. Mm-hmm. The brain really reacts to that much better. Yes. Um, I mean, it's interesting how weight is still... <laughs> How weight is still what weight and making more money are in the top resolutions. Absolutely. (laughs) Sex, money, and health probably, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, but, um, but, but what's, what's sad is that, you know, that even though we we've been resolving all these things as a nation, we're getting, the nation is getting fatter and fatter, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, again, there needs to be a no, better way of yeah. making these intentions and making these resolutions and making these plans, starting off with making them all together. Right, and I think part of it is watch those shoulds. I mean, I, I really like to say stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> you know, it's that should. It's like you're beating yourself up. I should lose 10 pounds. I should have more money. All that stuff, that doesn't work. You know, it's like what do you really, really want when you're connected to your spirit. That's for me. When I'm really aligned with that deeper thing, then I know as opposed to what I think I should do because I saw it on TV. I know you talk a lot about, you know, media and things like that also. You know, it's it's not about copying. It's not about being in competition and comparison. It's really about collaborating. And we saw it in New York tremendously after 9-11 because people were making resolutions. They were making choices 
based on family, on more values, on being with their friends and what really meant a lot to them after that. It was a real wake-up call. It didn't last that long, but at least for a while it did. Yes, there was a huge, you know, difference in how people made choices. Yes, it was like something that really shook people up. And that's kind of what New Year's Eve can be, not to the, mm-hmm. not in the same, you know, not in a negative way and not in a, in a crisis kind of way. But, I mean, that's it. We need something to shake us up out of our complacency and out of our habits, you know, out of just putting up with how we do things, even though we know that we can do things so much better. Um, you know, we get by with so much when really if we try that much harder, we could we could add so much more to our life and to the life of other people. Right, and it doesn't have to be hard. You know, as you said before, making, you know, have, doing something to celebrate the new year and this turning of the page, so to speak, doesn't have to be complicated and hard. You know, go meet a neighbor you never met before. That would be brilliant. Can you imagine if everybody just, which they used to do, by the way, in ancient Egypt, the head of the household would take, you know, candy or whatever it is um, and go around to their neighbors wishing them Happy New Year and good luck, and the neighbors would then come with them to the next house, Hmm. and eventually the whole town would wind up at the mayor's house and they'd have a celebration. Yeah. Your neighbors... That would be a good idea to be doing in Egypt now. Yeah, be well, back to that. Today, I don't think it would work today so much. But, I mean, you know, being in an apartment building in New York, yes. I would guarantee not everybody in apartment buildings know everybody in their building. Yes. I'm yes. sure in California you don't know everybody on your block. No, of course You know, you imagine if you actually could ring the bell and give someone cookies and say, Happy New Year. Yeah. I just wanted to say hello, you know. Yeah. It would be revolutionary. Yes, just something that people haven't done before um, in itself, you know, just stretching yourself, not in the, right. you know, finding something good, something compassionate, something, uh, breaking, some kind of, breaking out of your comfort zone, doing something. Um, right. Because then that, as what you were saying, then that shows you for the rest of the year that you can do these kinds of things that you haven't done before day after day after day. I mean, different things. Absolutely. There's an old Basque ritual that on your birthday, every year, you're spo- the day of your birthday, so I'm born on the 29th, so the 29th of every month, they would say, do something you've never done before. Mm. So why not do it for New Year's? You could do it for our New Year's. You could do it for Chinese New Year's. You could do it for the Jewish New Year's. You know, just pick different ways because people celebrate New Year's on different times around the world, too. You know, That would and, be pretty and- good. And, and we need to take a break now, but you know that that is seems to be the only place that rituals um, are existing these days are are in our religion. You know, to some degree, mm. there's there's still rituals related to religion, and it is grounding in religion, and it can be grounding in in other kinds of ways as well. Um, and it doesn't have to just be religious rituals. Um, Absolutely. Well, we need to take a break again. My guest is Barbara Bizu. Her books are The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. And uh, we're talking today about why you should be going out tonight and celebrating New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and making a big deal. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about why you need to make a big deal out of New Year's. My guest is Barbara Bizu. Her books are The Joy of Ritual and The Joy of Family Rituals. And we've been talking about, she's been sharing some of the rituals that she learned from around the world uh, for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and ways to um, to go out with the old and in with the new. And, and yes, uh, you know, it's true that we need some, we can't like, can't be like a broom exactly, just sweep one way and then the other way. We do need a little um, clarity in between. So, I mean, you know, even the idea of, um, well, in a perfect world, I think that one should uh, start writing resolutions, you know, as before New Year's Eve or day, um, uh, you know, to think of things throughout the year or at least throughout December that um, you would like to change. Of course, now that it's uh, December 31st, it's a little late for that advice, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, there's a good thing you still can do. One of the things you can do is just take a moment and write down the highlights of this year for you. What were the learnings, the challenges, where did you succeed, what didn't work, and really look at what the year is about, then put it in an envelope, date it, and then next year on the 31st of December, read the letter. Mm. You know, it's always good to have something that you put away for a year and then you read it to get an overview to see, you know, what did you learn? Where did you really make any changes? Were you stuck? Did you move forward? I think that's a good thing to do. Yes. Um, One of the things, uh, well, also, it's not too late to find uh, a, a quiet time whether it's today before New Year's Eve or tomorrow on New Year, even if it's on New Year's Day itself, you need to find some kind of quiet time, quiet place, preferably uh, and ideally near nature if you live by a body of water or um, just a park or in your backyard or wherever, um, or, or, if you, or if you're snowed in, um, just someplace in your apartment or your house where uh, that you can make... Uh, like a little shrine or make, I don't mean religious, mm-hmm. but I mean just make a little quiet, calm corner um, 
and sit down then. Even if, I mean, it's not too late to, to make your list of resolutions. I just meant that, you know, during the year, if you think of things, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, then you write it down. But it does, it, you know, it's still plenty of time um, to find your little There's corner. There's always plenty of time. What did you say? I said there's always plenty of time. <laughs> yes, you right. know. Um, I mean, that should be one of the things that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. On New Year's Day, um, if you haven't already. And and yes, and it's good to talk about putting things away. I love to look back on the resolutions that I made for the year before on -hmm. on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and to see how many of these things um, I did accomplish, you know. Right, And and I also like to, you know, Try to see if I can remember what I did without looking at the list, because if I can't remember my resolutions, I know there wasn't a hell of a lot of energy in them. You know, if I have to be reminded that I wanted a relationship, there's something off there. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But still, I usually write so many down that, you know, I can't keep all of them. It's true. Well, you know, actually, I mean, I start off by... By putting, and we should all do this. Um, I start off, and then somehow I have to admit, somehow before the before the next December thirty first, it gets it gets buried in a pile of papers or something. But um, but um, when you write your list, you should of course um, keep it in front of you. I mean, you know, that's the thing of you paste it on you paste your list on, right. on your mirror in the bathroom, or you paste it on your computer, or you um, but someplace where you have to see it. Until you get sick of it, until you've crossed everything off or at least made progress. Um, one of the things uh, that I want to uh, tell people, and then we're going to give out your website and, and again describe the intentions. But talking about um, doing things, dividing things into bite-sized pieces. I mean, that's really the key. Um, not you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the year. Really, <laughs> how many pounds are you going to lose right. each month? Um, you have to do it. Every every resolution has to be in bite-sized pieces. I'm going to have. I'm going to find love before the end of the year. Really, um, is that like tomorrow? You're going to walk out into the street. I mean, you have to make a concrete plan for all of these things. So, getting back to one of my, um, you know, as as uh, all of you know who've been listening to the show for a while, um, one of my my latest book is Bad Girls: Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And there are 14 chapters in that. There are 12 bad girls, the dozen dangerous damsels. And there's a, an introductory chapter and then a final chapter. Um, but basically, there are the dozen dangerous damsels. So for guys, if you think of it, reading every reading a chapter a month, and you know you squeeze in the first chapter, and and, uh, and you learn what these dozen damsels are, dangerous damsels are, so you don't get trapped by one during 2014. And you can find love. And for women, um, the last chapter is uh, Bad Girl Secrets to a Man's Heart. So, of course, you're going to want to read that. But as you read the book, um, you read each of the 12 chapters, you will pick out um, this from the stories the things that you're not doing, that these bad girls are doing. And I am not trying to turn any good girls into bad girls, but I am certainly trying to give you the tips for how these bad girls get all the guys. So um, if you, again, if you read a chapter, <laughs> at the very least, I mean, I like to think, I've been told it's a page turner, but even if you just plan to read a, pay, uh, a chapter a month, by the end of the year, you will certainly be on your way. You will have hopefully found true love, and if not, you will certainly be well on your way. So Absolutely, that's little... and it's the intention, Carol. You know that. 
It's like when you, intention is so important. If you have your intention to read a chapter a week, a day, a month of your book, you've already committed to changing. Right, right. So tell us about your website and where people should go to get your, what you're going to so be sending. Barbara, well, I have three things that can help people. So my website is Barbara Bijou, B-I-Z as in zebra, I-O-U dot com. I have a weekly Transform Today TV series that gives you motivational help and rituals. I have a seven-day transformation toolbox that you get free for signing up. And if you go to the event page, you'll see Intention Intensive. And if you sign up there, you will get a free audio from me every day for 12 days starting tomorrow. So there's all kinds of free things that will support and help you move forward. BarbaraBijou.com. Yes, let me spell that again because that's a little tricky. Barbara, of course, I know. <laughs> B-A-R-B-A-R-A, and Bijou, B-I-Z-I-O-U, B-I-Z, think of biz, B-I-Z-I-O-U. It's like you owe yourself. Right. right. <laughs> and if you're in the New York area, I'm doing a lot of events in New York, so come join me live and meet me. I'd love to meet you. And that's on your events um, that's page? That's on my events page. I'm at the New York Open Center, and I do a big vision weekend um, where we, make all, we have a fire ceremony, we do drumming, we make vision collages, we dance, we do all kinds of fabulous things. Oh, that sounds you fabulous. Come. Do, you, do you ever come out to <laughs> come L.A.? Come visit New York. Um, I do come out to L.A. I haven't planned one yet, but my son is out there, and I'm planning on being there soon. Well, good. Well, please, uh, please let me know, and everybody can go to your website to check back on the events and, and see when Barbara's well, where, when Barbara is coming to the town nearest you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, well, I think I hope we've um, I, listen. If if all you got out of this was that you should take some stuffed animals or your real life and have a party <laughs> and have a party, get some party hats. It is not too late to go out and get party hats and streamers and those, you know, things that you blow that make noise and, and, and uh, the things that you turn, all those kinds of things. It is not, there is no excuse for not marking tonight and tomorrow, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day in some way so that you can ca- connect more to yourself, to the, to the universe, to get grounded, to make changes. Um, don't just, you know, don't just say, oh, well, what, what's the big deal? New Year's Eve, I never keep my resolutions anyway. Bah humbug and all of that. I mean, come on. Yes, yes, there are a lot of tough things going on in the world. Yes, the headlines are cra- get crazier every day. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that you can't find peace in your little cor- corner of the world, even if it means that you just have to try harder. And, and Barbara will help you. Sign up for her um, intentions for well for all of the things that she's giving you. But these twelve, the first twelve days, um, if you listen to her intentions, that will certainly start you on your way. And and whatever you know, whatever your whatever, there are certainly things that you can do better in your life. So so whatever those things are, just think about them. Spend part of the day tonight, tomorrow thinking about it it is not you know it's the easy way out is oh it's new year's eve let's go get drunk that's not exactly a celebration that's not what but i don't think that's what you're talking about barbara and that's certainly not what i'm talking about Mm-mm. you know it's really kind of sad if <laughs> you have to go out and get drunk to uh you know to to pretend to yourself that you're having a great time and celebrating so uh be careful on the roads 
And, and please, again, the website is barbarabizou.com, Barbara, B-I-Z-I-O-U.com. Thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us. And oh, for my giving pleasure. Us some happy, happy New Year. Thank you to you, too. And Happy New Year to all of my listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you all. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.